All right, y'all, what is happening? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. Today is Thursday. Uh, we are going to be previewing, uh, the, well, we're going to get into the NFL uh, week. I believe we're in week seven, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we're going to be previewing uh, all of week seven, starting with uh, power rankings. I got my top eight power rankings. I've been saving that for you guys. I finally got that for you guys. I've been worked hard on it uh, for the past couple of the days. Uh, so for the rest of the season, starting for now, uh, I'll be trying to get one out uh, every week to you guys. The top eight power rankings uh, again. And then also we'll be going over, uh, we'll be previewing uh, Thursday's night, Thursday's night. Well, tonight's action, forget all that. Tonight's action uh, between the Eagles and the Giants. Uh, not too much, I don't think, to say about this game. We're going to talk a little bit about it. And then, of course, we're going to go over some news in the NFL. Um, I am also going to uh, talk some NBA, uh, the coaching carousel we got. We got some new coaching hires. Uh, we have a GM walking away from the sport. Uh, I'm speaking about Daryl Morley. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then we're also going to get into some MLB. Uh, we are in the midst of the World Series, so I'm going to go through the first two games, talk about what I think so far. Are. And then um, two things uh, near the end of the show. I'm going to also be going over, of course, uh, the, pro the upcoming work that I have planned. And also I'm going to level with you guys and just kind of talk, uh, just chop it up just for a few minutes about uh, just me personally. Why not? This is what we do here. But, um, well, this is what I do here. So let's get into it. Like I said, with the NFL, of course, I got my top eight power rankings here. I'm going to start off with number eight. I got the Bills here. Uh, they are four and two overall. They are first in the AFC East. Uh, they are two. They are coming off two straight losses. The last of them coming to the Chiefs, 20, uh, 26 to seventeen. Of course, uh, they were blown out the week before that by Tennessee. Uh, however, and uh, part of that I think is because this year their defense has gone down a bit. Uh, they are twenty-first in overall defense. A little bit lacking. I think they're in the twenties in terms of passing defense. Actually. I take that back. I think nope, nope, that doesn't go for them. That that stat does not apply to them. So yeah, they are 21st in overall defense. I also think they rank uh, near the bottom of, pa of, the, of the passing defense as well. Again, a sharper turn from last season. Although I do believe uh, that their starting QB Josh Allen is sort of. Uh, coming around and he's making that turn into a, a competent starting quarterback they're doing a couple things better offensively the defense is lacking this year also linebacker Matt Milano uh, their star linebacker, uh, linebacker Matt Milano is still dealing with his injury I believe it's a hamstring injury something like that uh, but I think he will be missing this week's game as well so a tough blow for them uh, at number 7 I have the, uh, the Packers here they stand at 4-1 uh, currently they have 13 players on the injury list including starting uh uh, starting left tackle uh, Bakhtiari. Uh, they're also missing both of their starting linebackers, Preston and Zadarius Smith. Uh, so again, uh, they're looking to deal. They're they're dealing with a lot of injuries. I don't know if everybody comes to play Sunday. I I know for a fact not everybody will. Who shows up on Sunday for them? I don't know. Uh, but that's what they're dealing with right now. I still think they're in a prime spot where they're at. I, I still think they're in a position to win that division, especially with the Vikings falling off so hard as they did. So uh, I got I got the Packers here at number five, but I do have the Bears over them, uh, of course, because they do have that extra win over them. Uh, they've won two straight, and they're also 3-0 on the road, which I feel is important because uh, let's be real here. Uh, unless you're the Chiefs right now, um, I can't think of anybody, in, well, maybe the Seahawks. I can't think of anybody right now 
from the NFC too much, but I can think of two teams right now with the Steelers and the Chiefs that could be potentially home field advantage type team. So again, unless you're one of those teams, you're not going to get it. So you're going to have to win your games on the road. You have to win playoff games on the road. And and how you do that is to win games on the road in the regular season. So I, I take the three and zero on the road uh, very significantly for the Bears. Uh, so and also they're given an eighty five percent chance of making the playoffs according uh, according to five thirty eight sports. I I'll 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 take a, a, a stab at that, and I'm going to say it's a little bit iffy. I'm up in the air on that about it being seventy five. I'm more I'm more willing to give them sixty to maybe 75% chance. And the reason why is because there's only three games that I can outright give them. Of course, uh, they have to face the day, uh, the sorry, the, the Lions later on this season. That should be a winnable game. They've already beaten the Lions. Uh, they should be able to take out the Texans. And, of course, uh, near the end, their second to last game of the year, they'll have to travel to Jacksonville, which, again, I believe is an easy game as well. Uh, you have a couple games here also that I think that could go 50-50, but, I could lean toward them, uh, but it, I would just have to see them play a couple more games. Uh, but they have to go to L.A. next week or this week to, uh, to, to face off against the Rams. Then they'll be hosting the Saints. Uh, also, they have to uh, face the Packers twice still. And the question is, can they at least um, can they at least come out of that series even? I don't think that they sweep the Packers this year. Uh, there's a possibility that they sweep the Vikings, uh, especially with their trade um, that I'm going to talk about in just a little bit. There's a chance that that happens. So I think it's a 70% chance, 60 to 75, uh, 60 to 70% chance. The more I kind of think about it, uh, there's a there's a few games that they can outright win, but a few games that I'm just uh, a lot of games here that I'm iffy about, like that Saints game. Like I said, uh, they do have to travel to Tennessee to face off against the undefeated Titans team. Uh, again, we'll see more from the Titans this week. They'll be facing another undefeated team with the Steelers, so I'll get a chance to kind of make a guess on that game. Uh, but they're gonna have to win, in my opinion, at least 11 games. Um, I it's gonna be neck and neck with them and. And um, in Green Bay, in terms of this division, they're gonna probably have to win 11 to 12 games to get to the playoffs, and I'm gonna give them a 60% chance of doing that. Or uh, yeah, honestly, the more I think about it, you know, I I know I said 70 before, but just thinking about it, they're gonna need at least 12. I don't know if this team gets you 12 necessarily. I think between 10. Is your is your ten to eleven really? I can give you some higher percentages for that, but for that twelve and that shoe in, I got I could only probably give you sixty. So that eighty five thirty eight sports, I don't necessarily agree with you guys on that. Uh, also, the team that the, the Bears have played so far so far have a combined record of three seventy nine, so only thirty seven, a little bit over thirty seven percent, almost thirty eight percent. So again, that's iffy too. They haven't really played any solid teams. The one loss that they do have is against the Colts. Now the Colts do have a winning record, um, but they're not in my power rankings, so whatever. But they do have a winning record, so they, that does kind of tell you something. Uh, they are seventh in scoring defense and yards allowed. Uh, they also have the secondary. They also their secondary also has the lowest completion percentage. Uh, sorry, the lowest completion rate in the league right now. So they have uh, some defensive stats going well for them. Uh, I think offensively, they're going to need to pull some things together. But they're they're so far they've been doing what it takes uh, to win games. Um, 
course, do I think that they finish the year with just the one loss? I think they lose at least four. I think they give up at least four wins. Uh, we sorry, four losses, maybe five. I think we're really pushing it to give this team 12 wins in an easy playoff spot like that. 85 is, is a little bit too high for them. There's some things that they got to work on offensively. And again, that, that you know, they still got to go to Green Bay. So moving on, uh, right after them, I have another 5-1 team here. I got the Chiefs. Uh, they recently signed running back Le'Veon Bell to a one-year contract. Uh, they are currently ninth in scoring. They score about 29 points a game. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes is a big deal here. Uh, over 1,600 yards, 15 touchdowns, only one interception. I think the addition of Le'Veon Bell uh, should only help them. I don't think it hurts them per se since he's not the focal point. He won't be the focal point, I don't think. Uh, so, I mean, again, he just had a disastrous time in New York, and who knows who's really blamed for that. Uh, but I think the structure here in Kansas City should help him out a lot. And again, since he won't be a focal point, uh, I don't think all that pressure will be on him. So he'll be looking to make his effort whenever he's, you know, making the He'll be looking to make an effort whenever he's given his opportunity in this situation. Uh, moving on, uh, we're getting to the top. I got the Ravens here, another 5-1 and one team. They're currently on a three-game winning streak. Uh, the last ga- uh, the last win being against a uh, being against the Eagles, 30-28. Uh, they looked impressive on defense. Uh, they've taken a, a slightly a step back in offense, particularly with Lamar Jackson, but they are still first in defense. They're only averaging uh, 17 points a game there, and they're also 10th in yards allowed. So, again, that's going to be their calling card. They still run the ball particularly well. I believe they're in the top half of the league in that. Uh, but again, I wouldn't say Lamar Jackson has regret. I just think the league is more prepared for him. It's better preparing for him. So I don't think it's so much of him falling off. It's just the league is getting better. And eventually, he's going to have to become a better pocket passer and a better, uh, you know, well, not necessarily a thrower of the football. But again, he'll have to, you know, take some notes from you know Patrick Mahomes uh, in some cases, but uh, moving on, we have the see uh, the Seahawks here, uh, well, our first undefeated team, and I, the reason why I put them here as my third top rated team because I feel like with the undefeated teams, I feel like they're the ones that look they don't look as dominant. They're the, they're the least dominant looking of the undefeated teams, but that does not mean that they're weak or anything like that. But they just don't look as you know dominant as the Steelers, in my opinion who's my number one. We'll get to them in just a little bit. Uh, but the Seahawks are one of the many teams looking into the services of Antonio Brown. I uh, definitely think this helps them uh, in terms of an offensive standpoint. It gives them an extra pair of hands to throw to, although they do have some reliable uh, receivers. But uh, with the way Russell Wilson is playing, um, adding another little receiver would probably, I think, definitely pushes him over the echelon of actually getting another MVP uh, with, with the numbers he's already putting up and offensively they are having an historic season uh, which is again you know why they're undefeated again I just think defensively they have some real questions here but again offensively uh, they have scored 23 touchdowns through week five that is the most in the league uh, they've only kicked two field goals uh, the Seahawks have scored on 88.9 percent of their possessions which is which is the highest in NFL history so far and that's by a large margin I think the next team that's close to them is I believe is like in the 70s like 75 or 76 percent and that was the Tennessee Titans I believe in 2016 I could be off with the year uh, but that's you know this is some um, 
This is some real high potent offensive uh, showcases that we're seeing from the Seahawks here. But again, like I said, just a lot uh, to question about that defense. But for Russell Wilson, again, uh, it's looking like he's having another MVP year. 75% completion percentage, 1,285 yards, 16 touchdowns, only two interceptions. And he has a, a rating, offensive rating of 136.7. So again, uh, the Seahawks, they keep on winning. Um, do they sweep? Do they, uh, do they, you know, run roughshod over the NFC West? I don't think so. Uh, but I think, I think they win it kind of handedly, kind of, with just the way that they're looking. I, I still think that they have some questions here that they need to answer offensively. And of course, they don't go undefeated. Uh, I, I mean, uh, defensively. Uh, so, I, and I know they don't go undefeated because of those questions that they have defensively. Like in their secondary, their pass rush. They got to make some adjustments because they give up a lot of points on the back end as well. So that's a part of the reason why they're scoring so many points. So that goes with that. But they are scoring the points needed to win. So I'll give them that. Uh, my number two team here is going to be the, the Titans. Uh, they are currently 5-0. and oh. uh, They're dealing with some injury uh, issues with their starting defensive ginger, Davion Clowney. Uh, this is the fourth week he's been placed on the injury list. This time he's dealing with a knee issue. Uh, however, he has yet to miss a game, and he has provided 80% of Tennessee's defensive snaps. So it looks like it hasn't. Um, caught up with him just yet but you never know when it will uh, he has had issues with illness and also his hip uh, but as far as that he's it seems like he's contributed somewhat to this defense they're currently 15th in scoring defense and they're also second in offense uh, scoring 32 points a game so again they're balanced I believe well somewhat balanced uh, between offense and defense they also get a lot of uh, turnovers on their end as well so again um, this is a team that's looking to make a, another playoff run in my opinion uh, their their division has pretty much you know dismantled and just kind of imploded on itself uh, so I think the Titans pretty much sweep that division um, and uh, maybe take maybe one divisional loss possibly two like the Seahawks here uh, but they pretty much blow to that division uh, handedly there's nobody out I mean the Colts uh, they have a winning record right now I just don't think they match up against this team um, very well at this point and finally we're at my number one team of course the Steelers of course uh, 5-0 and like I said they look to be the most dominant undefeated team at the moment they are currently third in scoring defense they only give up about 18.8 points a game uh, it's only they only have allowed 94 points in total which is uh, the most uh, sorry which is the uh, the least in the NFL and they are second in yards allowed they are second in rush defense only giving up uh, sorry 3.3 yards per attempt uh, however this week they will be missing out on the services of their starting wide receiver Deontay Johnson and also their guard David DeCastro. Uh, they will miss this week's game versus Tennessee. But another thing is, like I said, they were pretty balanced. Uh, they were fourth and they're also fourth in scoring, just uh, scoring above uh, 31 points a game. And uh, as far as Big Ben is concerned, aka Captain Fat Fuck, he's had a turnaround year though. You know, uh, regardless of everything, 61%, actually 69%. Uh, completion percentage with over 1,000 yards and also 11 touchdowns and just an interception. So again, uh, the the steel curtain, at least for this year, looks to be back. They look to be high. At least at this point of the year, uh, they're looking pretty good. Uh, let's move on. Uh, we're going to get to the news in the NFL. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, Miami. They have decided to uh, name Tua Tagovailoa uh, their starter. That is according to Brian Flores. That was yesterday. And the Dolphins are currently 2-3. and three. Uh, They are second in the AFC. 
And uh, the thing is, Fitzpatrick was really doing it for them, really helping them out. Um, he had led them to two back-to-back -back wins, and he had a quarterback rating of uh, uh, 79.6 uh, but Tua made his debut last week uh, he threw two passes but I guess you know all the work he's shown in practice which I respect I have no problem with that uh, per se um, it looks like you know it impressed the coaching staff including Brian Flores and they decided to make that uh, decision and so he'll be your starter this week uh, headed into week six and for the rest of the year uh, as far as Ryan Fitzpatrick, of course, he's a little bit down and out. Um, but I guess there's some sort of understanding on his end because, you know, that's you know that's the way it goes. But, again, I do kind of feel for him because he was putting up some good numbers. But at the same time, he'll turn around and have some awful games for you too. And the bottom line is, you know, they picked, you know, Tua with the first-round pick. Eventually he was going to, you know, have to suit up. Um, you know, sometimes I do think that they should kind of wait a full year at least. Uh, I don't think there's no real, you know, reason to rush a situation, especially when the team, you know, is in a decent spot. I mean, they were winning back-to-back -back games, and they've also they were also first, if I'm not mistaken, in their division, or at least second, excuse me. Uh, that's what I meant to say. They were second in the division uh, behind the uh, Bills, and uh, so I, you know. I don't know if Tua just turns around and makes that automatically better um, or not. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to say he's going to turn around and make it worse, but you know what you got with Ryan. So uh, I know it sucks for Ryan, uh, but I guess, you know, you got to move on. You got to go and, you know, the team has to make their decisions. Uh, moving on, uh, we have a COVID update. It decided to pillage my Raiders. The Raiders have not only put their starting right tackle Trent Brown on the reserve slash COVID list, but they sent with four other starting linemen home as well. The Raiders are currently at 3-2 and two and are coming off a of bye week and will host the 4-2 Bucks this Sunday. Um, with all this drama going on, the game has been rescheduled. It was supposed to be a Sunday night game. Uh, now it will be played at 1.05 uh, p.m. Pacific time, so y'all keep an eye out for that. My fans, come on, we got to do it. We got to root for these guys. I know it just sucks. I, don't, I mean, again... People make so much, you know, there's so much drama surrounding COVID about people believing it and people not believing it. But again, it's it's having its effect on shit. So whether we not whether or not you want to buy into all this and, and again, it ain't about being all fearful. But again, it, it's about knowing that it will have an effect on people and, that, and knowing what we need to do to address it. It's not about, see, address, you know, addressing something and uh, understanding that something is, exists and something could be prepared, should be prepared for and all that. That's not living in fear, y'all. Y'all got to let go of certain shit. So the arguments about it both ways is are mute to me because, again, it's still the affects people this we don't need to take it and make it extreme because you know the numbers speak for themselves they're not huge numbers but they're numbers the numbers that could be looked at they are numbers and they are significant in some cases and those numbers do rise and do fluctuate so you know all that drama people want to focus on i'm not into that other stuff bottom line is it's affecting shit okay uh, our whole offensive line had to go home and unless they plan, unless they can practice today, uh, which I don't have any conf confirmations on, um, on, and I, you know, I will, and I'll, and, you know, if I can, I'll make sure to notify uh, y'all, however I can. Uh, but you know, it's affecting, it's affecting shit. Like I said, our whole, our whole line, our whole old line has to go fucking home, and our our starting uh, safety, Jonathan Abrams, has to go, has to go home too because of contract tracing. So y'all can complain about the validity of this, all this, and be mad at the doctors and be mad at the at the media and whoever, but 
Yeah, and we have a significant problem here. As, as a fan of my team, I'm concerned, okay, for about this week's game. And there's no woe is us, no crying and all that, because if we lose, everybody talking shit. So it don't matter. You know, that's just the way it goes as a Raider fan, right? But, you know, there's no complaint. You don't hear me complain. I'm just saying this is just real. This is the, re- this is the real, right? Uh, like I said, if the test Wednesday, actually yesterday, um, were to turn out or to turn out negative, uh, then they can practice today. Uh, so again, um, I'll you know what if I yeah I'll just post it on my uh, Facebook, uh, maybe my Instagram as well if I'm able to do that. Uh, just kind of post an update of probably from Raiders.com or something like that if I'm able to you know confirm uh, if they who's able to yeah I'll be able to confirm who's able to practice. I'll just say I'm gonna do it from now on. I'm just gonna I'm not gonna talk about might. Or what I can, I'm just gonna say I will do it, and I'll just do it for y'all. I, that's my goal. So, um, yes, that's what I will be doing. I will be notifying you on Raiders practice today, uh, just to kind of give you guys a head up, heads up on who's playing, who who won't be. But anyways, like I because like I said, if they're able to practice today, then they're able to suit up Sunday. And if they're not, if they're not able to practice, um, then they can't play. By today, then they can't play. Um, and my synop- my my guess is. Um, that not everybody plays, and that's going to be unfortunate. And the reason why it's going to be unfortunate is because um, the Bucks are tied for second in the league with sacks. So that's again, again, you know, and I'll talk about you know, and, and again, this is just football. This is not the most serious thing in the world, but again, just to kind of show you just the effect this shit has. We can talk about how real it is, how fake it is. Yeah, okay, whatever. But again, my whole line not even playing. Might not even play Sunday, so yeah, take take you know take y'all a little easy ass win, Tampa. For now, damn. All right, let's move on. Thursday night football, of course, Eagles versus Giants. Yeah, uh, let's just talk about a little preview of it, okay? The Eagles coming to this one one four and one. The Giants are one and five. The ironic thing is that both of these teams, and, and even Washington, who's currently last in last place. All have a chance uh, to take over the first spot in the NFC East. Uh, for the Eagles, they are just one game back uh, because, again, we got to remember that the Cowboys are just two and four. So, with that being the case, the Eagles are just one game back. That puts everybody else at least two games back. Uh, with a win, uh, the the Giants can move to possibly a game and a, or a half game back, or maybe a game and a half back, depending on whether or not the Cowboys are able to win on Sunday. We don't know that. Um, yeah, so you got that going on. Um, like I said, the Eagles are just one game back in the division, but they have lost two straight. So the question on there is, can they take over first place? Can they get to first place? There's no even really guarantee that can happen. Uh, so just all around ugly football on on a, on a part of the NFC East. As far as Philly is concerned, they're zero and three on the road. They just can't get it done. That's a significant stat for me. However, they are returning one of their their star uh, receivers. Oh no, no, nope. That's for the Giants. Uh, they are bringing back their receiver, uh, Sterling Shepard. Like I said, that being for the Giants. Uh, but as far as Philly is concerned, uh, they're, starting, they're starting tight end Zach Ertz has been placed on an injury reserve with a knee, with a knee injury. <sighs> uh, this game is trash. I'm sorry. This is liable to be one of the worst games on on Thursday Night Football in a very long time. Both teams are at the bottom of overall offense and defense. The Giants are 31st in offense. The Eagles are 23rd in defense. <sighs> the fuck? Like, I don't know. Y'all want to watch that? I don't. All right. That's just my opinion. 
Sorry, I'm being super negative. They both suck. All right, y'all, I'm going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking some NBA news. We got to go over these this coaching carousel, so I'll be right back, y'all. All right, y'all, I'm back. I'm going to talk some NBA news. Uh, of course, we have this carousel going around with these coaches. They go on to different spots. They get let go. We got to talk about it. Well, I got to talk about it. So we're going to start off with the Clippers. Of course, they signed uh, Tyron Lue to a five-year deal uh, to be their head coach. Uh, L.A. is, of course, banking on his success in Cleveland and his ability to communicate with his players. Of course, uh, that they're more so referencing that relationship between him and LeBron. You know, of course, LeBron being a star player. Uh, the Clippers now having two star players with Paul George and Kawhi. They're thinking maybe his experience with some star players and egos could probably help. Yeah, you never know. Um, he had spent the previous season as Doc Rivers' assistant, so he does have experience within the organization and with this team, so that does go a bit into helping him, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Kawhi and Paul George had something to say about it because uh, there's words coming out now uh, that, uh, sorry, yes, Kawhi is now pushing for a new point guard. So I'm pretty sure uh, if that is true, then it's, it's obviously that he had a, had a say in this I would I could only imagine I think it would no it he did let's just say it like it is um which is hey I mean this is what you do as a star player you exert your influence I don't have anything for necessarily or against that um just as long as there was no drama him whining and moaning behind the scenes uh about it then fine whatever I guess um, now, Chauncey Billis is also being considered for a position within the coaching staff as well, of course, as an assistant. Um, so that would actually be a really good start for them, a really good foundation for them. I think those guys, uh, just both of them bring in a whole lot of culture and a whole lot of discipline um, in a lot of different ways, especially Billis in terms of defense. Uh, Tyron Lue, I've heard some words about him as a defensive-minded coach as well in a positive light. So, again, there'll be some improvements that they have. Of course, they're younger. Uh, that means they're probably a little bit more full of life and a little bit more full of different ideas. And, uh, again, a little bit easier to connect with with these players that are probably not saying near their age per se, but just kind of more uh, down. I guess it's probably a little bit more of a situation where they might be a little bit more down on the earth to them. But as far as Lou is concerned, he has a title, of course, with Cleveland in 2016, and he does have a record of 100, uh, sorry, 128 and 83, with a 40 and one playoff record. So he has a record overall that's over 500. He has a really decent playoffs, uh, playoff record, with of course, uh, it's over 500, over 20 wins, uh, tw 20 more wins uh, than he has losses, of course, which is good. Cause you see a lot of coaches. Uh, that have a really like a five like a 50 50 record and that 50 50 record is like uh you know like 48 wins and like 44 losses like you know like it's really but he has a decent uh win loss ratio here i think he has a, some so i think he does have some abilities here uh, again he has a, a, a title uh and that was i think within his first couple of years of coaching so he he definitely has uh, some pedigree he definitely has some type of skills here so i don't think the, the clippers made a wrong decision here um i definitely do think it's an upgrade because one of my issues was when they first fired doc was my biggest question was if, if it doesn't work with doc 
then who could it really work with without really knowing fully or really understanding that um, Lou happened to just be on their staff and just kind of looking at everything again and looking at what he's been able to do. I do think it's an upgrade, and I really do think it's a good a good pickup for them. Uh, moving on, uh, let's talk about the New Orleans Pelicans. They actually decided to hire a new coach as well. They decided to hire Stan Van Gundy. Stan Van Gundy, like I said, has signed a multi-year deal. Um, and uh, Van Gundy has coached for 11 seasons in total, uh, making stops in Miami, Orlando, and also Detroit, in, in Detroit. And in Detroit, he would also serve as the team president. Uh, Van Gundy has always been a defensive-oriented coach, with his teams finishing in the top half of defensive reign in 10 of his 11 seasons as a head coach. And also in eight of his seasons, they would finish in the top 10 of defensive rating. He has a coaching record uh, that consists of 523 wins and won a percentage of five, uh, sorry, 57%. And he also has a playoff record of, of 48 and 43. And uh, he would help the Magic make it to the finals in 20, uh, 20, sorry, 2009. He also made his last appearance as a head coach with the Pistons in 2016. Now, for the Pelicans, they have made the Pel uh, sorry they have made the playoffs just twice in their last nine seasons, and they only won one series back in 2018. So it's a team that's trying to really make something happen. Uh, they do have some talent, that being with Zion Williamson. Uh, they also have uh, Brandon Ingram on that squad as well. Uh, so this is a squad that's looking to turn the corner and actually, you know, do something. Uh, the question is, does Stan Van Gundy does do that for them? I think with what he can do defensively, yes. I think they already have some solid offensive players. I think, again, he put, uh, he brings uh, a different culture to New Orleans, another disciplined um, culture as well. Um, so, again, I think this helps New Orleans. Uh, this is probably their best pick for, you know, for everybody that was available. And um, I don't fault them for this. Um, they had to do something. Um, they needed to bring somebody else and they want a change of pace. And I think, you know, it's, it, I mean, I'm not saying it's a stark distance or a stark difference, like a nine day difference between him and Alvin Gentry, but it is, it is a different, it is a something, it's a different man at the helm. And I think you just want that, especially if you're in a situation where you have somebody and it's just not working despite despite the talent that you have, uh, despite the potential that you have, if it's just not working, then you just gotta, you gotta get something else. And uh, that's what the, that's what the Pelicans decided to do here. One last bit of news for the NBA that I wanted to go over real quick. Of course, we're gonna talk about Daryl Morley. Uh, he recently decided to resign as a GM of the Houston Rockets after 13 seasons. He has decided to, uh, he decided to, um, well, he recently told this, well, he decided to, uh, step away basically to you know get closer with his family and uh, he felt like you know he had tried and given a lot of effort to this team and just again in a situation where it just didn't work out and he figured you know this might be his best time as ever uh, for him to walk away uh, he will also help but he will stay to help the owner uh, Tillman Fertitta find a new head coach uh, Houston will be uh, well he actually I'm sorry <clears throat> Oh, sorry. Uh, Houston will be promoting the executive uh, vice president of basketball operations, Raphael Stone, to the position, and he has worked with the Rockets since 2005. Now, Morley, uh, in his time in Houston, was oversee the acquisitions of James Harden, also CP3, and also Russell Westbrook, as well as Dwight Howard. So again, he saw all those different eras, and he saw all those different eras kind of, you know, fall apart and not, you know, end in success. So again, I guess he's looking at all that. Not say putting himself down or anything like that, but kind of saying, um, I want to step aside to give somebody else the opportunity. 
maybe something might change. So I totally get it. Uh, Houston will make the playoffs in consecutive seasons, but like I said, they will fail, fail to win a conference title or NBA title. So again, that does weigh on you at some point, I guess. You know, especially if you're uh, running uh, a, uh, you know a team a certain way with a certain culture. Of course, we know, especially when they brought in Mike D'Antoni, what it was going to be offensive oriented. Uh, not not necessarily what he did in um, Phoenix in terms of uh, seven seconds or less, fast pace, but a lot of shooting, a lot of spreading the ball out, and a lot of three-point shooting, a lot of uh, mid-range jumpers, more really the three-pointer. And that's how they kind of lived and died. So that was their identity for many years. Uh, that's where they try, they tried to state their claim in terms of basketball, and it didn't work. So, um, again, I just think that, you know, morally, morally looking at all that, and understanding what type of culture that they wanted to bring in and, and realizing that their culture just obviously didn't work because of uh, personnel or coaching or whatever have you, um, you know, it it just didn't work. And I guess he decided it's time for something new. But uh, I get that, and I have no problems with that. I, I give him uh, all the best wishes in his further endeavors. And as far as Houston, I, I you know, I hope they uh, work something out in terms of, you know, their head coaching and, and everything too because again with all you know as close as they've been in the past few years with all that they've tried to um i wouldn't say they tried they try to to break the mold in terms of what goes on in the nba uh they've definitely been one of those people that have tried to um just you know go f- full foot on it and just you know oh yeah you know the whole thing in the nba is a shoot now and, and they took that and they ran they tried to run with it and uh, it just didn't work for them. So maybe, I will hopefully for them, uh, they learn to take a more balanced approach in basketball. Uh, they take a more balanced approach and more, I guess, not just as as analytical approach or metrics uh, concerned in terms of personnel decisions and coaching decisions. And hopefully they have a more balanced team going to next year because I think that's the only way you do it. I don't think any team, again, I think – you know, to base your team off of shooting and just three-point excellence when you're not going to state is a fallacy. Is that's uh, that's that's failing. That's preparing to fail because that doesn't encompass all what your team has. Because nobody in nobody's team in the league is as automatic as Steph and and, and Clay. All right. So moving on, let's get into this World Series. Of course, we are two games in, and it's been a pretty exciting series so far. Of course. Uh, we got the Dodgers uh, going up against the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, cr- the series is currently tied 1-1. to uh, Let's break down both of the games here. We're going to start off with game one. Uh, the Dodgers were able to get the one in that one. 8-3 uh, to three was the final score uh, for the Rays. Uh, they had a decent game from center fielder Kevin Carmeyer. He would go 2-3 with a home run and two RBIs. But it was pretty much all Dodgers. Uh, Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts were bo- both homer in that game. Uh, Cody Bellinger would also bring in two RBIs as well. Max Muncie would bring two RBIs. Clayton Kershaw would have a really good game. Uh, there's all there's so much made about his playoff failures, but for now, game one, he looked to be very solid. Uh, he was able to pick up the win going for six innings, uh, only giving up two hits, one earned run. He also give up. He also have eight strikeouts as well. 
Uh, let's move on to game two real quick. The Rays will get their revenge. They win that six to four. Uh, it was all the Rays in that game. Well, it was a pretty, it was a closer game. Uh, but for the Rays, they were led uh, by second baseman Brandon Lowe. He would have a home run and also three RBIs. Uh, second, sorry, third baseman Joy Wendell would have three RBIs as well. And uh, pitcher Blake Snell, uh, he would get the start going for four innings, a little bit over four innings, giving up two hits and two earned runs and also having nine strikeouts. Uh, the bullpen will go the rest of the way, uh, giving up three hits and two earned ones, uh, but Diego Castillo will get the save. Uh, as far as the dives are concerned, catcher Will Smith will get two RBIs. Left fielder Chris Taylor will get a, a home run and two RBIs. And Corey Seager will be uh, will bring in an RBI as well. Uh, both teams are off today, of course. Uh, we will be picking up World Series action tomorrow. So I will be giving you guys an update on that. Uh, but as far as today is concerned, uh, that's it. That's pretty much all I got for you guys. Uh, but as far as YouTube is concerned... Uh, in my future projects, uh, I will be working on, I am currently working on my Batman Forever review. Um, I also am working on my first edition of Sports Stories. Of course, we'll be talking about the 2020 Lakers. Congratulations to those guys, although I am not a fan. But again, we have to break it down. We got to talk about it because of just the history behind it. Everything that's been behind it, especially this year, uh, so we got to talk about it. As far as uh, the podcast is concerned, I do want to preview some college football. Uh, we do have, uh, well, everything starts to pick up, at least in the top 25 on Saturday. So we will go over the top 25 uh, briefly tomorrow. Also, uh, there's some news I wanted to go over uh, in the college football world. Uh, most importantly, uh, with your boy Deion Sanders uh, becoming a head coach at an HBCU. And I wanted to talk about the importance of all that and what it could possibly lead to. I think it's really interesting. Um, and I think it's a, definitely a way that um, it's a good way of us showing out and giving back in a real way. Uh, and I really want to talk about uh, how that makes me feel in terms of a of a not even you know in a, it's almost like an empowerment type of thing. And I, I've been seeing this trend. Uh, also, I want to talk about the trend of black athletes, uh, prominent uh, high school recruits making those jumps to those HBCUs as well. I want to bring those two lines together and talk about that because I think it's really significant in what we got going on right now and just the climate that we're in and us trying to be aware of what's going on in our community and trying to keep those community bonds together. So I wanted to talk about that uh, as well. And we're going to, I wanted to preview some college football matchups for Saturday. I wanted to preview uh, some NFL as well. Well, and as far as the weekend is concerned about the podcast, I also wanted to talk a little bit about Ice Cube. Of course, a lot has been said about his, uh, well, at least Trump's platinum plan. And of course, uh, Ice Cube's contract uh, with Black America. I've got some very interesting things to say about that, too, especially uh, coming from the comments that I had. Uh, last week about the vice presidential debates so we have a lot to well i have a lot to work on of course as usual and just a little bit about me uh personally i know i told you guys i want to live with you guys but um just a couple personal things have been happening to me uh recently um and it's yeah, well, with what i've been through in life and everything and some of the things that i go through in terms of my anxiety that i've mentioned here before in my uh depression um it's been a very interesting past couple of days with just things that I found out and things that have been revealed to me. And it's been a time that's made me frustrated and angry. And instead of instead of being uh, negative and reacting and lashing out, uh, I'm going to be working more on, uh, on this shit. 
because uh, this shit is important to me. And uh, when I look at the support that I get, whether it be the YouTube or looking at, you know, this and seeing who's, you know, listening and stuff, I, I know, I know. And uh, I got to give you guys a, a thank you because uh, it doesn't take any um, time or effort to really do this. And I, it's, it means a lot to me that people do this for me. And um, I, instead of being mad and angry, like I said, it's a, it's a different anger. It's an anger that wants to, it's an anger that's inspired me to work harder at this and be more hungry when it comes to this. So I will be working on my efficiency when it comes to this and, and putting out episodes, whether it be on YouTube or the podcast platform. Um, I also want to work going harder on my social media. I've been promising to do that, and I haven't yet. There's so much I've been going through uh, that has affected my want to do that or my confidence in being able to cross over in doing that. So, uh, But I definitely am grateful for the people that uh, continue to listen to this. Um, the numbers don't matter to me right now. The none of that matters, but it's the fact that people do listen and people do have things to say when they do talk to me about it. So, um, the comments mean a lot. The listening to it or watching of my episodes means a lot. Even leaving a comment, you can subscribe if you like. All that matters. All that means something to me. So, thank you for all those who subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you for those who continue to listen to this channel and this podcast. Um, because everybody goes through stuff and it's hard to go through all that and keep things going but like I said I'm I'm very hungry right now the anger and frustration has made me want to pursue this even harder it hasn't made me want to stop this um, it just made me focus more inward um, if that's if if I can kind of allude to you what's kind of going on uh, the stuff that I've gone through is, is make me more inwardly trying to make things positive for myself and look at myself in a higher regard so um the real ones and the day ones, they know what's up. You know, you can always reach me. Um, of course, I'm on uh, Instagram, Jamal 791 E-L-J-A-M-A-H-791. Look me up on YouTube, of course. Uh, never out of bounds. Same name as it is here. Um, of course, I got the new episode out um, um, about the about the wire, my review about the wire. Check out my uh, verses between the Godfather and uh, the Mafia series as well. And I'm grinding, y'all. Um, it's hard sometimes, but... Uh, I got to do it. I got to do it. Um, and I, every day that I do this, I feel a little bit better. So I'm going to keep on grinding. I'm going to keep on uh, taking the support that you guys give me, whether it be through y'all DMs, whether it be through y'all just reaching out to me the way you can. Like I said, just through you just watching the YouTube videos is enough for me sometimes. It gives me up and I look up and I look at the stats and I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Well, something's happening. So I'll take that, y'all. And uh, I'm going to appreciate that. And I'm going to try to give you guys the best uh, the best possible podcast and the best possible YouTube channel I can I can muster, and I'll be working towards that. And like I said, any constructive criticisms, any uh, comments, please give them to me um, because that's the goal right now. So thank you in advance. Thank you a million times over. Uh, I love you guys. You guys haven't told you yet. And uh, peace out. One love. And I'll holler at you guys pretty soon. Y'all just look out for it.